You're listening to the Bitcoin and Markets podcast. Check out bitcoinandmarkets.com for more. Today is January 23rd, 2023. And on Bitcoin and Markets, you get a natural and honest analysis of Bitcoin and macro. So today is Monday, and this is when I do my newsletter. So I'm writing that. I'm changing the format a little bit this week due to some feedback that I got when I was down in Naples. I went to the Bitcoin Day event down in Naples, and it was awesome. Once again, Edward, the person who puts on the Bitcoin days, he hit it out of the park. I spoke about kind of the dangers of the inflation narrative versus uh, a deflation narrative for Bitcoin and described that deflation narrative. So I think I, you know, normally when I do that kind of talk, people aren't ready for it, especially in Bitcoin, you know, people that come to like these Bitcoin things, uh, because most people find Bitcoin through a inflationary narrative. I did. That's how I found it. That's how I got into gold, um, you know, uh, through the idea that the Federal Reserve or central banks are destroying money. They're printing money and we need to go back to a sound money and all of that stuff. I mean, uh, that is the inflation narrative, but it is also a progressive narrative and it's a like a conscious planning narrative because knowing that something is better and then working to make the economy or society move in that direction, that is a central planning narrative. And the way I kind of look at it nowadays is this is natural. Everything is kind of happening naturally. We went to a credit-based system naturally, or first we were on gold or silver uh, as a natural consequence of the way the world was back then. Uh, and then after World War II, the world was a different and unique place. And so we naturally went towards a credit-based money that was much more elastic. Now the world is sliding back into deglobalization and into a play, a time where sound money is going to be much more relevant and, um, you know, what the market is going to choose. So all of these things are a natural progression of going from hard money to sound, uh, to credit money back to hard money. So that's how I kind of look at it. And, uh, that blows a lot of people's minds, but anyways, um, yeah, so Monday is a newsletter. If you guys aren't subscribed, go to bitcoinandmarkets.com and sign up for the free tier over there. I am live streaming right now to YouTube on the BTC Market Update channel. That's a new channel. And also on Twitter, at Ansel Lindner is the handle. So you guys can follow me there. And of course, on Telegram. That's my home base. My guy's holding it down over on Telegram. Yeah, and then on a podcast after. So I put these out. I still have to do Fridays. But um, I'll put these out on a podcast version a day or two later. And they all always have an associated post on the website, bitcoinandmarkets.com. You can find that by whatever episode number it is, uh, just putting a forward slash E and then the episode. So this one is 304. So it'll be bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash E304. And you'll see all the charts I talk about or all the links. I'll make sure to put all the links in there for you guys, stuff like that. All right. So I covered the newsletter, covered Naples. What are we going to talk about today? Well, we are going to discuss like the general market feeling out there 
is one of disbelief, in my opinion. Uh, disbelief in the stock market rising, disbelief in Bitcoin rising. There's just a lot of, I, don't, I wouldn't even call it confusion. I would just be like, people think a hardcore recession is coming and they don't know how to make sense of a rising stock market or a rising Bitcoin. How is this possible? So that, that's what I think is the general feeling out there in the market. And it's going to go on for quite a while because I don't think I still remain in the same uh, same place I was for the last six to 12 months saying that there isn't going to be a really bad recession. I think uh, we might have a mild recession. Uh, that is the most likely outcome, in my opinion, is a mild recession. But there's a 25% chance we don't have a recession and a 25% chance that we have a hard recession. So that's still kind of the probabilities that I'm working with. Now, what is this? How do I get there? I get there because CPI coming down so quickly is going to fool the market a lot. So we will continue to have positive real GDP because inflation is coming down so rapidly. Uh, and that actually, I was listening to Joe Carlisari on, on Inside Bitcoins and he was saying that the guy who first wrote the academic paper on yield curve inversions and how they come before a recession, right before a recession, the first guy to make that connection and write an academic paper on it, he came out and said, oh man, I think the yield curves are being fooled by CPI. He called it inflation, I think, but uh, they're being fooled by CPI. And that is exactly what I have been saying. Uh, so I think that's fairly interesting. Quick break in here on the edit due to some audio issues during the live stream. This is an article from Sputnik, and I realize that Sputnik is a biased news source being Russian media. Uh, so just take this with a grain of salt. It is still a very, very interesting article. So let's get into it. So the, the headline is globalization has died and Davos 2023 was its funeral ceremony. Scholars sum up. All right, let's read some of this. The World Economic Forum's annual meeting place in Davos on January 16th through 20th, 2023. International observers sat down with Sputnik to formulate the main message of the gathering in a nutshell. Quote, the year's forum featured the new state of the world, divided, resentful, and grim. And this is from Gal Luft, director of the Washington-based Institute for Analysis of Global Security. Quote, Davos has become the dressing room of the West and is more divorced than ever from the rest. It no longer represents the real concerns of most of the world's populations. Its obsession with climate change, social justice, gender, and other forms of wokeness has made it a laughingstock and target of disdain for most of the world. The World Economic Forum, an international non-governmental and lobbying organization, was founded in, in January 1971 by German economist Klaus Schwab. I don't think he's an economist. Um, I think he's just a businessman. I think he had some business before 1971. I don't think he's an economist. Anyway, initially the entity was called European Management Forum. It changed its name. It changed its name to the World Economic Forum in 1987, bringing together 
business executives, thought leaders, and prominent politicians, the forum sought to become a global platform to spearhead the ideas of globalization and solve pressing economic and political dilemmas. However, some Western commentators observed that the forum quickly morphed into a technocratic, globalist, elitist club, which sought to dictate rules to the rest of the world. There is no return to the post-World War II system. In addition, we are seeing massive repudiation of some of the institutions and individuals who have been most associated with globalization, the media, Davos, entertainment industry, etc. Et Deglobalization can also be seen along uh, cultural fault lines. Western ideas, ethics, and values are rejected by billions who see them as dangerous and destabilizing, the U.S. scholar continued. And... Anyway, so that's that's all I'll read, but it is very, very interesting because it's similar to what I have, the conclusion I came to over the last week of thinking about Davos and reading all the headlines and, and all of that, that it's just much less important. People really don't care about it anymore. You saw like they even had like live reporters there they've done this for years, but it's almost like a you know a PGA event or some sort of uh, athletic event where they have these reporters sitting there and reporting on these elitists, like trying to make them more important, but nobody cares. The main thing is that the world is going against globalization. It's going against globalization. So you don't have a need for the World Economic Forum. Everything they talk about is cooperation. We need international cooperation this, international cooperation that. But it's not going to work because international cooperation is breaking down. And the main reason for that is because the economic environment has shifted. So in the, in the old days when you had 10, 20% growth in all of these countries, that was the carrot. You know, and then you could give them a carrot, give these countries a carrot to sign on to all of these large basically socialist programs that in some sort of globalist utopian vision, they would do that because, oh, we're growing at 10%, right? Can't shake a stick at 10% growth. But once you, now you're growing at 1% or you're growing at zero or even negative, you don't really care about those international organizations anymore. So it's all about the end of this big debt cycle that we're in. And we're going towards deglobalization and the shrinking of credit in the world. And of course, that results in a move towards Bitcoin. And it's not going to be a conscious move. I mean, it will be, it'll end up being a conscious move, but it's almost like believing in destiny in a way, but you just, the world is moving in a direction and it's moving in a direction that makes it balance. And so even though you might not want to, even though some political leader, some in international institution doesn't want to march down the, this uh, path towards the inevitable future, they will have to because everything they do, just like everything the West is doing right now is actually making it worse. They're chasing people away from these international rulemaking bodies because they can't save it. The harder they try, the faster it'll slip through their fingers. You know, it's an inevitable march this way. 
Now, when it comes to Bitcoin, they're not going to sit down and be like, guys, my son-in-law told me that Bitcoin is a new thing. Let's look at that. And I think it's a good idea or, you know, whatever. They're not going to consciously go that way, but they're going to try many different things. And the thing that's going to work the best is the ones that adopt Bitcoin, at least for import-export, at least for reserves, you know, backing your currency, maybe not as a day-to-day currency, because I really do think that most countries will still have their own currency. It'll just be pegged to Bitcoin like it was pegged to the dollar. At least that's the first step that will take us several decades into the future. Um, And then at that point, you know, maybe people will start using uh, Lightning Network, you know, everybody will start using Lightning Network or something like that. But the uh, next step, the next uh, main place that we're going to stop is using Bitcoin as a peg for a government currency. So anyway, that those the, those things will work the best. And slowly but surely, people will try things. You know, it'll be a trial and error sort of thing. And over the next five, 10 years, most people will have landed on backing their currency with Bitcoin. Uh, that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, five to 10 years is not a long time. It's going to happen faster than we think. Okay. That kind of brings me into the next story. And this is the last story for the day. And this is from Zero Hedge. The headline is Brazil, Argentina holding talks over possible common currency. I guess it's via the Epic Times, but Epic Times has a paywall. So we'll read it here on Zero Hedge. I did share it with the guys over on Telegram. Uh, before we get into this, uh, guys, just an admin note, Ansel Linder, Bitcoin and Markets. Uh, this is a live stream on YouTube and Twitter and Telegram. So uh, check out the Telegram, t.me forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Uh, check out the YouTube BTC Market Update and follow me on Twitter at Ansel Lindner. Okay. So like I was just talking about, this story fits exactly into that idea. So here we go. The headline here is Brazil, Argentina holding talks over possible common currency. This was on the Epic Times, but they have a paywall, so we will just read it off of Zero Hedge here. So Brazil and Argentina plan to advance talks about a common currency for financial and commercial transactions in an effort to improve economic integration, leaders of the two nations said on January 21st. Brazilian President Lula, who was sworn in on January 1st, and Argentine leader Alberto Fernandez shared details about the talks regarding a shared currency in a joint article published on the Argentine website Perfil. I don't know how to pronounce that. CNBC reported, quote, We intend to overcome the barriers to our exchanges, simplify and modernize the rules, and encourage the use of local currencies, said the two leaders. We also decided to advance discussions on a common South American currency that can be used for both financial and commercial flows, reducing costs, operations, and our external vulnerability, the article said. Argentina's economy minister, Sergio Massa, told the Financial Times that the two nations, South America's two largest economies, will announce this week that they are beginning preparatory work on a common currency. What I want to say about this, obviously, this is a step in the direction of figuring out what currency is going to work. The growth of the old system has stopped. It is stagnant and dying. And the only way that these countries are going to get out of it is by switching to a different currency. 
So they don't know it yet, but this is the first step in a process of trial and error um, that will eventually lead them to Bitcoin. So I thought it was very interesting. Okay, um, open it up now to guys on Telegram. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, this is the time to do it. Raise your hand and I'll bring you up. All right, Curve, bringing you in. What's up, Curve? Yes, sir. What's up? Oh, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Um, so to relay to the, those guys watching live on YouTube and on Twitter, uh, Curve just said that he agrees that globalism is dying, but that doesn't mean that we're out of the woods and, you know, a cornered animal is very dangerous. So uh, we need to be watching out for that. And also he said, he told me that um, Klaus Schwab was, did you say engineer? Now I can't remember. Okay, so he was a manager of a manufacturing company. Uh, so yeah, not an economist, not an expert. I mean, th these guys that have this uh, like sicko, you know, they're sycophants for experts, government experts and international organization experts. They, they want Klaus Schwab to be a PhD in economics, but he's not. He's just an engineer, manager, uh, technocrat, like Curve said. So, okay, any other comments from Telegram bringing you in? Before, uh, Sven, before I have you talk here, uh, just a note to the guys on um, YouTube and Twitter. I will relay what they say if there's a question or whatever uh, because the audio isn't being, you know, uh, relayed. So, all right, Sven, what's up, man? Uh, sideways in red. All right, let me go. Okay, yes, um, I talked about... So the question is, uh, what is the chart with the kind of ghost pattern there in pink or red? That is if you take out all of the big drops. So if you take out uh, Terra, Luna, Celsius, and FTX, which weren't really uh, fundamental to Bitcoin. They were kind of, you know, tangential to Bitcoin that Bitcoin uh, went down. Yeah, it was over leveraged. The whole market was deleveraging. Bitcoin did go down, but... Uh, if you take out those big drops, it shows that Bitcoin was basically sideways for the whole year. And then uh, it with this rally, it puts us very near the all-time high if you were to take out those big drops. So, yeah, it's an extrapolation. It's kind of crazy, but um, I think it's interesting. All right. Any other hands over here on Telegram? Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast and give me a listen over there. All right. RB, bringing you in. What's up? Got to unmute yourself. and. What's going on? I am on Fountain. Um, just search for Bitcoin and Markets. Should be on there. I have have a following of maybe like 20 guys that listen every single time and stream stream sats. So it's greatly appreciated over there on Fountain. I'll uh, find it and put a link in the Telegram for you. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I'm going to cut it there, guys. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.